0: Technically speaking.
1: Welcome to our Technically Untechnical Technology Talk,
0: a Nywick Atlantic production.
1: Hello, I'm Chelsea, the Nywick Atlantic audiovisual specialist, social media manager, and a fan of the movie Artificial Intelligence.
0: And I'm Alex, part of the media engagement team, and I just watched that movie for the first time recently.
1: What'd you think of it, Alex?
0: It was really different. I wasn't a big fan of sci-fi movies before now. But, no. But um, I actually got into it and and um, might get into some more sci-fi things as well.
1: So for those of you who don't know, it's a older-ish movie, early 2000s, I believe. And it's about this little boy who's kind of like a robot. He's got artificial intelligence living in this futuristic world. That's all I'm really going to say. You got to watch the movie for yourself. But there is a reason that I am bringing this up. So that movie shows artificial intelligence has physical robots. But nowadays, there's some reality behind the fact that AI exists in the cyber realm as well. And we've got some people here at Nywick Atlantic that are diving right into those capabilities.
0: That's right. And to talk about that, we've got Mr. Rob Keisler, our Data Science and Analytics Senior Science Technical Manager, or SSTM, and Mr. Adam Tyson, our Decision Intelligence SSTM. They will explain what the Nywick Atlantic Artificial Intelligence team does and how it supports the warfighter. So get comfy, turn up that volume, and let's get started.
1: Artificial intelligence. It's a loaded concept nowadays. It's very popular in the mainstream conversations. We've got digital art, voice manipulation, all of that, and there's a lot of talk around it but in a simple way, can you tell us what we're thinking of when we talk about artificial intelligence at NYWIC Atlantic? I'm guessing we're not making digital art of an 1800s version of Johnny Depp, right? No, for
2: (laughs) for sure, we're not doing that. So I would say that we we utilize AI here in an applied way. We apply it to our, our missions that we Uh, go after whatever those missions are, whether they're war fighting, logistics, business type missions, Uh, we utilize these solutions to either optimize and speed up the way that we do things or to take away functions that an operator or a human was doing previously, but maybe was very dull and boring or very repetitive for them. And so we use these algorithms to take away some of that repetitiveness from them but also to empower the operators, to give them some ability to do things that these algorithms can do that allow them to focus on tasks that are more appropriate to their skill sets.
0: Could you describe sort of what that looks like in a more visual aspect? Can you describe how that is
2: used in in
0: what the work you all are doing?
3: In the past, we've worked with the Marine Corps on pulling together massive data sets that were a million plus files Uh, where we needed to go through the file and and find named entities. So using things like natural language processing to look for named entities, to look for lat longs, times, things like that, um, to start linking people and, and groups of people together within those files. That's something that a Marine was having to do manually before, that they now could go in and just drop those files. We could surface all of that information, link files together. And so then all they really need to do is do a search go in there behind us and say, I'm looking for this person or this you know, group or organization. And we could surface all of those files for them much faster than they could ever go through and manually tag that data and link those files together.
1: So visually, AI is something that you guys are using in a sense where it looks like coding programs, algorithms, all of that creating a process that is making everything more efficient for the warfighter in a sense. Like their tasks that they no longer have to spend man hours doing, a computer can do in a sense that's a lot faster, a lot quicker, and then they can do something else.
2: Yeah, I mean it's I a think
1: very simplified way of it's trying very to do it. Mean, if you
2: look at industry, <laughs> uh, the the way they'll describe it is to date, most of the AI in these algorithms, machine learning, however you want to define it. I know a lot of people might not like just referring to it as AI here, but it's hidden from us. It's behind the scenes. You don't see it. There's nothing that you can really reach out and touch with this stuff. It's just embedded in the systems that we have. And so we've been trying to do a good job as technologists and engineers of doing the same thing for our warfighters, and just bringing it into the technology and the systems that they use.
3: I would add that it brings a, a like a consistency component as well. You get a consistency of result and, and answer.
0: I was going to ask you all, as part of the artificial intelligence team here at NIWIC Atlantic, do y'all you consider yourselves one of the largest
2: in the Navy? So I would say we are one of the largest, if not the largest, but in the context of we are the largest concentrated group of talent under an organizational structure. So we have an organizational structure built around our data science and AI competency in our engineering group. And so we have a, a little over uh, 250 folks that report under that structure and from what I've seen working across the DOD and the Navy, uh, that is one of, if, if not the largest concentration of folks. And it, it gives us some scale to be able to do some cool things uh, that other groups who might have a lot of talent, but it's spread across their organization can't do as naturally as we can with a dedicated work structure.
0: And why is that so important in today's environment?
3: I think it's important because it provides, again, that consistent training. Um, it provides a mechanism for us to move some of our top talent, uh, be a little bit more mobile with our top talent, uh, between projects. So when we have a, you know, really killer talent, we want to be able to put them on multiple projects and move them around. And it allows us to, to
2: really focus on, on hiring and going after the talent that we need to, t- to go after, and then developing that talent. So creating that talent pipeline from internships, recent college grads, all the way up to senior executive leaders, I think is something that's that's very key.
3: Just last point on that real quick, having a competency, the, the senior leaders within the Navy, uh, you know, the Don, CDO, uh, and groups like that, they know who to call. Um, there's a single point right here that they can call and say, hey, I'm looking for talent to be able to do this kind of work. And they know that they can come here and find that where with it being sort of scattered in other places, it's a little harder to find that concentration of folks.
2: Or even, you know, they can come to us and say, have you seen this? Or do you know how to do this? Or have you ever tried this? And we have that breadth across multiple efforts with not just the Navy and the Marine Corps, but our other work to be able to see different problems and have various solutions that we've seen that maybe can address a problem that's cropped up for these these folks.
1: So you mentioned that you're one of the largest competencies. I want to go back to that. How did you get there? Why is NYWC Atlantic one of the largest concentration competencies of AI?
2: Yeah, for sure. So we started this in 2012. We made a concerted effort we saw it coming over the horizon. Uh, we hired our first official data scientists before even AI became the new like flash in the pan term right now. <laughs> we, we hired our first two data scientists in 2012. And, and since then, we've grown you know, significantly. But we, we made that strategic investment and then our senior leadership recognized uh, how technology was going to move, how things were going forward. And they stood this competency up in 2017 as an, as an independent entity to really build this out further and to be ready for the future. And, and it, it's been highly successful in, in my opinion, of course, but I'm, you know, yeah. biased. <laughs> Do you want to call AI a flash
3: in the pan term uh, on the AI podcast? Yeah, well, I love yeah. it.
1: No, that's that's the truth. It's very popular right now. And that's why we want to touch on it to show how we are we've grown we're in it we've been in it and we're here to stay and we're using it right and to kind of go right into it tell me a little bit more about other ways that you have used ai to help the warfighter you've mentioned one can you give me some more examples Sure.
3: So um, I think back to that same project that we did the natural language processing on, there was another project there where they needed us to plan flight routes for them. So they would give us multiple sets of information where different enemy uh, combatants would be uh, located um, and the capabilities of those enemy combatants. And uh, we were able to generate flight routes uh, given direction and of altitude of flight, and so we were able to put that together. More recently, um, we've been working on a, on a project. For fuels where right now we're just collecting the information and, and putting together a single dashboard for the navy uh, to understand our fuel capacity our fuel capability within the afloat fleet but the next step of that is starting to predict how long uh, those combatants or how long those fuel resupply ships can can last with the current capacity that they are the current fuel that they have so wow. that one, that one is, is sort of near and dear because we want to be able to execute these missions, but we want to be able to execute longer missions uh, that are in right. hostile areas. So my previous role was as the chief data officer for NYWIC Atlantic, and we used data for a lot of predictive capabilities leveraging different AI techniques. So looking at attrition at the command and predicting attrition to understand when and how uh, we should hire. We looked at with COVID, at the beginning of COVID, we did a deep analysis of utilization of our different spaces um, to understand what spaces we were getting used the most and capabilities that we needed to to ramp up for the people that were coming into the office, and then look at other capabilities that we needed to support our remote workers. So there's two examples of how we've used it within our chief information office here at the command.
0: So you talked about how those concepts have helped you Within the warfighting space and for the administrative side of, of NiWik Atlantic, what are some other ways that AI can be beneficial? We know it's not going away. So, what are some key concepts that people should be embracing or learning about?
2: So, I would say I would charge everyone who's out there to have some level of basic AI literacy and basic data literacy, too. Understanding this technology and understanding data's impacts on the way that we operate and make decisions. I think is critical as we move forward. I don't think you can run an organization. I don't think you can run a team. I don't think you can build capability without understanding these things today.
1: So what are, what are some examples? Because I know earlier we talked about how for the mass population, we think of AI as like cool photos on Facebook that are not real and like, oh, the movie Artificial Intelligence from way back then where there's a robot boy who wants to have emotions. You know, those are the things that we think of for AI. But what's the reality of it?
2: So the reality is that it's everywhere and we just don't see it. We I think we. Um the average person maybe realizes some of the algorithms and things that are involved in their life. But we don't always think about that Google and Amazon and Netflix and Facebook and Instagram and all of these other things that we utilize on a daily basis are run and driven by AI on the back end. And the algorithms are really more a part of our lives than we already realize. And I think that's key in understanding how those algorithms are affecting our lives. And I don't know that that's a whole social problem. I don't know that we want to get into on this podcast, but, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is causing some consternation. I mean, if you even look at uh, Congress and their view of uh, TikTok and how it could be maliciously used, potentially the algorithms behind those tools, uh, you you can see that it's becoming a a societal issue viewpoint, flashpoint to to really look into.
1: It has grown a lot. And from my understanding, it's something that There can be a malicious aspect of every piece of technology, right? And AI is a piece of technology, it seems, that is so versatile, it can be very powerful. And so as a general public, what parts of AI should we understand to embrace, to not be fearful of, to understand the positives of it?
3: Yeah, from from my standpoint, we should embrace it because it is making our lives easier. Uh, so, Waze, the mapping routing app that I use, uh, you know, it will help me get from point A to point B. I probably use it every day. I think what we need to be aware of, Rob hit on just a second ago, what we need to be aware of is what result is coming out of that and validate that result i'm not saying second guess ways but you want to validate if you're if you're looking at uh, chat gpt for example you want to validate that the information that's coming out of that is true is correct is possibly even what you believe what is is within your ethics i think the same thing when you get into social media you want to want to validate that what you're seeing is is right or correct or factual and that's it's getting harder and harder every day to right. find that line um, I think a, re- a really good movie that I've seen uh, sort of recently that hits on a lot of what Rob was talking about a second ago with algorithms is the social dilemma and it starts talking about how those algorithms behind those uh, social media platforms that's work a
1: documentary right yes ma'am yeah I've seen it
3: so very good. <laughs> uh so that that for me talks a lot about the the AI uh behind the social media platforms and I think it's very so, eye opening.
2: In the, you know yeah. that's just the software side of things. I mean you talk about hardware. I mean you look at self-driving cars or drones or you right. know uh Unmanned ships that the Navy is looking at the unmanned fleet, uh, the hybrid fleet, that's that's a whole nother use of these algorithms to to drive capability for us in the Navy and in the world at large that could change things massively. I mean, if you think about if we all had self-driving cars that worked well, you know, that would change <laughs> yeah. transportation forever. This. And it
1: doesn't have to be a doom and gloom outlook, right? So some people hear that and they get scared, like, "Oh no!" But the point you're driving is use it to assist, use it to make life easier, to make capabilities more efficient. But don't 100% lean on it. Always have an overlook or a someone there checking. Is am I understanding that concept kind of? Yes, and I,
2: I think you know there's a there's a famous saying quote I don't know that's going that keeps going around. And no, Adam's chuckling over here, but uh, it's it's you won't lose your job to AI, but you will lose your job to somebody who is using AI. Yeah.
3: Right. We talk a lot yeah, about human sense. we talk a lot about human machine teaming from the, you know, the military standpoint. But I mean, you and your iPhone are a human machine team, right? Yeah. And so AI has a massive potential to um, to better humanity, but we have to use it for that purpose. Yeah. And, and like to your, your point, me with we my have
1: shopping. I use it. I use AI on social media. I know it's going to throw ads at me. So if I don't want to buy it now, I'll click on it. I'll look at it. I know it'll pop up three more times later. And when I'm ready to buy it, I buy it. So that's Mm. how I, (laughs) I don't know. That's a very simple way. There
3: you go. I think another one of my favorite applications is speech to text. I mean, you don't even realize Uh, that's AI, but that is AI that's helping you with speech to text. And so you're, I mean, I text with it. I take notes with it, all that stuff. Sort of stuff. I mean, that's just, massively I, helpful.
2: And I think, it, sorry, I, I think about it um, in the context of my son. He's five. Uh, his grandparents have an Alexa in their house and they've got it hooked up to their, like, lights and stuff. And so he can talk to it and turn lights off and on and he talks to it to play songs and ask questions, but you know, that generation is going to grow up with this, some, some of us grew up with computers or digital technology. There's a generation that's coming up now that grew up with smartphones. And so there's, there's all these generational gaps between technology that has changed so rapidly. And each of us, I still think has a charge to learn about this stuff and, and pull it into our lives and understand how it's gonna affect us.
3: Yeah, seek to understand how the AI came up with that answer, right? It's it's a lot of data, it's a lot of math that runs through an algorithm that turns out an answer that presents something, puts something in front of you. you know, seek to understand how that process works and then that will help you decide with the result what you want to do with it, what action you want to take with it. For me, that's, that's how you demystify AI.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to share that we haven't talked about today?
3: I would just say that we are always hiring and recruiting here at NYVAC Atlantic, <laughs> specifically in the data science and, and AI competency. Uh, so if you're interested, please reach out. And thanks again, guys. We appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us.
1: So Alex, we definitely learned a lot talking to them. I know one of the biggest things that I took out of that was this application of artificial intelligence, how it's used to make processes more efficient, more uh, streamlined. So it kind of gives the warfighter the flexibility to do other things while this technology is working on some of these more mundane tasks, just making our ca- capabilities stronger. That—that's kind of the biggest pull I got out of talking to them, and I was impressed with how we're using it.
0: I agree. There are certainly a lot of different ways that AI is being used, both in the warfighting realm and in administrative ways as well within Atlantic. So I was glad that they shared those points with us today.
1: It's a very versatile technology, so I'm really glad that we're putting a lot of effort into it. And as always, for the latest news and events at Nywick Atlantic, check out our social medias under NAVWAR or our Nywick Atlantic website. Links are in the description.
0: We appreciate you for listening. Tune in next time. If you have a tip or story that you think should be included in this podcast, please contact us at our public affairs email address, which is listed in the description.
1: Naval Information Warfare Center Atlantic, also known as NIWIC, is the East Coast branch of the Naval Information Warfare Systems Command within the Department of the Navy. We develop a range of technologies that provide state-of-the-art capabilities to the United States military.